لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance, and we seek His forgiveness. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone. and that he has no partners and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger i would just like to comment here just to remind us that these words of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that whoever allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever allah leads astray then there is no one that can guide him as you know we have heard these words so many times and we keep repeating them as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to repeat them to remind us of this very important truth that guidance is from allah whoever allah guides this is from his fadl from his bounty that he gives freely to whoever he wills and whoever allah leads astray this is from his hikmah his wisdom and allah is the one who is all knowing and all wise and he know why he knows why and there is a wisdom why he leads some people astray and we discussed before on more than one occasion that allah doesn't lead anyone astray except that that person is inclined to go astray they have rejected the truth when it is presented to them and they have the desire and the inclination to go astray then allah makes it easy for them to do that which they want to do So it is Allah's bounty that he has guided us to Islam and that he has also given us the desire and the initiative to learn Islam properly and to practice it in our lives. There are many people who are unaware of what is Islam, who don't know the truth, the true deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator. And there are those who have been guided to Islam or who have been born in Muslim families. but they don't understand islam properly and they don't try to understand and there are some who have the knowledge but they don't practice it so it is really allah's bounty his favor to us that he has guided us to islam given us the knowledge and proper understanding and also the ability to execute and to implement in our lives that which we have learned this is really a favor from allah whoever allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray for sure allah has guided us and we hope as we say in our prayers daily ihdina as-siratal al-mustaqim we hope that allah will continue to guide us on this road and grant us the success not only the hidayah or the guidance which is the right way to travel the knowledge of the the road but also the hidayah of granting the success to be able to complete the journey and to reach the destination which is paradise we ask allah for both of these types of guidance to continue to show us the way and to grant us the success to reach our destination 
We discussed in our lecture last week uh, a number of points. After discussing in some detail the first point, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَاحِدٌ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ That Allah is one and He has no partners or associates. We discussed that in detail and we talked about Tawheed and Shirk and the three types of Tawheed or the three types of Shirk that inshallah we all know very well by now. Then after that, in the last lecture, we went on to give some more details about this point in which Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, rahimahullah, in his book Al-Aqidah, Al-Tahawiyyah, says, وَلَا شَيْءَ مِثْلُهُ That there is nothing like him or similar to him. And this, we said, is applicable to all the aspects of Tawheed. Al-Rububiyyah, the Lordship of Allah. Al-Uluhiyyah, the worship of Allah, as well as the Asma wa Sifat, Allah's divine names and characteristics. That there is nothing equal to him or similar to him or like him in any of these aspects. But particularly, and more importantly, this is a principle that should be applied in the Tawheed of Al-Asma wa Sifat. When we talk about the names of Allah and his characteristics, we keep this principle in mind that there is nothing like Allah. And at the same time, while we negate there being anything similar or like Allah or equal to him, we also confirm that Allah is hearing and seeing just as human beings hear and see. It doesn't mean that by negating anything being like him, that we also negate these characteristics that the human beings have or the creatures have. No, we say there is nothing like him and we still affirm that he is hearing and he is seeing as he himself said in the ayah in the Quran, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيُّ الْبَصِيرٌ He negated that there is anything like him and he affirmed that he is still having these characteristics that the creatures have. But we understand this in a very important way that although we affirm these characteristics of Allah, but we say that the characteristics of Allah are in a way or in a manner that is suitable to His majesty and His glory and His greatness. And those characteristics in the human being or in the creatures are suitable and appropriate for the nature of the human being. Then he said, وَلَا شَيْءَ يُعْجِزُهُ That there is nothing that is outside of his reach or, any, or anything that he doesn't have power over. And we said that this is in reference more particularly to Allah's rububiyya. That Allah has power over everything in the creation. He controls and dictates everything that happens in the creation. He has power over all of it. And so there is nothing outside of his power or outside of his reach. Then the, shay- the Imam Al-Tahawi says, وَلَا إِلَهَ غَيْرُهُ That there is nothing that should be worshipped or that has the right to be worshipped other than him. Uh, and this is in reference to the Tawheed Al-Uluhiyah, the Tawheed of worship. That nothing has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And we also said <coughs> that this is the meaning of the Kalimat uh, Al-Tawheed or the word of Tawheed, La ilaha illallah. This has the same meaning, La ilaha غَيْرُهُ has the same meaning as La ilaha illallah, that there is nothing that should be worshipped. Worship is negated for everything other than Allah, illallah, and it is affirmed for Allah alone. So there is both negation and affirmation. Then uh, after this, we discussed the next point. قَدِيمٌ بِلَا إِبْتِدَاءٍ دَائِمٌ بِلَا إِنْتِهَاءٍ That Allah is قَدِيم, ancient, بِلَا إِبْتِدَاءٍ without any beginning. 
Daimun bila intihain. He is always ongoing, continuous, eternal. Bila intiha without any ending. No beginning or ending. And we discussed this point in detail about the characteristic that has here been ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qadim. And we said that, uh, that this word, although some of the scholars of the mutakallimun or the ahl kalam, the philosophers, the people of kalam, they, they used it in order to affirm that Allah uh, is before everything else. But the real meaning in Arabic language is not completely applicable here to Allah, except if we add to it, as Imam al-Tahawi added to it, he didn't just say Allah is ancient, but he said, Qadimun bila intiha, or bila ibtida, that he is ancient and he has no beginning. So that completes the meaning more so, but we still say that, you know, one of the rules in Asma wa Sifat is that we do not affirm any name or any characteristic or quality to Allah except that which came in the text of Quran and authentic Sunnah. This name didn't come in the Quran or the Sunnah being applicable to Allah, so it is better that we avoid it. Even though the expression altogether as he used it is more complete, but still it's better to avoid it and use that which Allah has described himself with, as uh, some of the scholars mention in the Quran, who al-awwal wal-akhir, he is the first and the last. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa explained the meaning of this expression, who al-awwal wal-akhiru, and he said in the dua that verily you Allah, O oh Allah, you are the first and there is nothing qablaka wala qablaka shay'un. There is nothing before you. So that makes us to know that he is the first and not only is he the first, uh, it's not relative, but he is absolutely the first. There is nothing before him. Because you can say you are the first, the first one who came today. But there were others who came yesterday. But here the clear the meaning is very clear. mean it means as the Prophet ﷺ made us to know that Walaysa there's nothing before you and he is the last and there's nothing and you are the last and there's nothing after you. Then uh, Imam al Tahawi goes on in the next point and he said, Wala Yafna Wala Yabidu Wala Yakunu illa ma Yuridu Wala Tablugu al Awham that is, that Allah, in reference to Allah, He does not die nor perish. There is no ending to Allah. He doesn't pass away. And nothing will be, nothing happens except that which Allah wills. Uh, and here, we made the point that Allah's will, Al-Irada, or Al-Mashia, the will of Allah, has two aspects or two parts. Al-Irada Al-Kawniya, the universal will, and Al-Irada Al-Shara'iya, the legislative or legal will. And we discuss uh, the difference between these two. The meaning here, La Yakunu Illa Ma Yurid, it is in reference to the universal will, that nothing happens except what Allah wills. This is His universal will, Al-Irada Al-Kawniya, or Al-Irada Al-Qadariya, that Allah decreed something and it must happen. Even if it's something that's not loved by Allah, but when He decreed by His universal will, it must happen. There's no way that it doesn't happen. Uh, and also that uh, uh, that nothing of our uh, conjectures or guesses or intellect is capable of encompassing Allah. Yani the perfect knowledge of Allah or comprehension of Allah 
is not possible for the human being, not through his intellect, nor through conjecture, guessing, or otherwise. Then Imam al tahawi goes on to say, وَلَا يُشْبِهُ الْأَنَامِ Or, as some of the manuscripts of his book mention, وَلَا يُشْبِهُهُ الْأَنَامِ And the meaning of them are complementary, that nothing لَا يُشْبِهُ الْأَنَامِ That Allah is not similar to anything. وَلَا يُشْبِهُهُ الْأَنَامِ And nor is anything in the creation similar to him. That means Allah should not be compared to anything in the creation like something in the creation, limited and imperfect, nor should anything in the creation be compared to Allah, because the things in the creation are imperfect and Allah is perfect. So both ways, it is negated. It is not permissible to compare Allah to anything, nor to compare anything to Allah. Uh, And this is also a very important principle, and we made a brief comment on that, that some of the people uh, fell into this mistake, of comparing Allah to the creation. And this is a very dangerous thing, uh, as well as those who compared something in the creation to Allah, both of these are unacceptable. Then uh, he goes on to say, finally, I think this is the last point that we covered last week, حَيٌّ la yamut, قَيُّمْ la yanam. That Allah is the living, the one who has perfect life. The ever-living, la yamut, and he doesn't die. Qayyum, that he is the one that is self-subsisting, independent of any need of anything in the creation, while everything in the creation is dependent on him. He is sustaining everything in the creation. Walayanam means, and he does not sleep. Yani the fact, the negation of sleep is an affirmation of Allah's perfect life. It is an affirmation that his life is perfect, not like the human being. Uh, and this lack of sleep or absence of sleep it is, an, is a characteristic of perfection for Allah, for the Creator. But it is a characteristic of imperfection for the human being. Because the human being who doesn't sleep is sick, is abnormal. But for Allah, not sleeping is a characteristic or an affirmation of his perfect life. Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi here goes on with the next point, point number 11. All of this is description about the Tawheed of Allah. And most of it is concerning the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat, the names of Allah or the characteristics or qualities of Allah. Here he says, and about Allah, Khaliqun bila haja, Razikun bila mu'na. Mumitun bila makhafa, da'ithun bila mashaqqa. Khaliqun bila haja, that Allah is the one who creates without bila haja, without any need. Without any need to create, he has no need to create, nor does he have any need of the creation. He has no need of that which he created. He didn't need to create it because he needs to rely or seek help from his creation. Khaliqun bila haja. He is the one who creates, though he has no need to create. He is the creator of everything in the heavens and the earth, without any need for any of it. Raziqun bila mu'na, And he is the provider. The one who provides for everything in the creation, all of their provisions, 
bila mu'na without any difficulty or without any labor without any effort Allah is able to provide for everything in his creation mumitun bila makhafa and Allah is the one who causes death without any makhafa without any fear or dread of causing death he gives or brings death to whatever he wills of his creation without any fear ba'ithun bila mashaqqa and he is the one who resurrects or who will resurrect everything back restore it back to life bila mashaqqa without any difficulty without any toil without any effort it is easy for allah as he created everything the first time it is even easier for him to recreate again this is easy for allah here the sheikh uh in his brief explanation of the al-aqidah as-sahawiyah says that verily about the first point that allah is the creator without any need he said that verily allah the most high did not create the creatures in this creation because he had any need for those creatures he did not create them for because of any need for them not because he desired to seek assistance from them or to rely on them or to depend on them or to seek help from them he did not create the creation for this reason but verily he created the creation for only one reason and that is to worship him li'ibadatihi as allah said in the quran wa ma khalaqtu al-jinna wal-insa he didn't create the jinn and men illa li'abuduni except to worship me for this reason only allah has no need of anything in the creation and he doesn't have a need to create in order to be the creator he is the creator even before he creates but he created the creation only to worship him this is mentioned in surah az-zariyat chapter 51 verse 56 wa ma khalaqtu al-jinna wal-insa illa li'abudun and i have not created the jinn and the men except for the purpose of worshiping me then raziqun bila mu'na allah is the provider the one who provides for everything in his creation without any effort the shaykh here says that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides for everything in his creation the human beings the jinn birds wild animals and others besides them the believer the kafir all of them he provides for everything in the creation and he gives every one of them the believer the kafir the animal jinn men whatever he gives every one of them their need without his creation or his kingdom without his kingdom being diminished in any way he gives everything in his creation whatever they need and his uh, dominion or his sovereignty or his kingdom uh, is not decreased in any way allah has in his hands the keys or the ownership of everything in the heavens and the earth then he says mumitun bila makhafa that allah is the one who causes death without any fear of causing death to that which he 
takes the life from of his creation. As Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Zumr, chapter 39, verse 42, Allahu yatawaffal anfutha hina mawtiha. That Allah is the one who takes the life from all beings at the time of their death. Allah is the one who takes the life from them. It is none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also in another place in the Quran, in Surah Ra'ad, chapter 13, verse 41, وَاللَّهُ يَحْكُمُ لَا مُعَقِّبَ لِحُكْمِهِ وَهُوَ سَرِيعُ الْحِسَابِ That Allah is the one who judges, or rules, or decrees, and there is no one who can come after him to oppose or to reject his ruling or his judgment. And Allah is swift in calling to account. If Allah decides to take the life of anyone or anything in this creation, then when Allah judges or rules or decrees such, there is no one who can reject his decree. No one can push it back. And then he mentions also uh, from Surah Al-Anbiya, chapter 21, verse 23, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَا يُسْأَلُ عَمَّا يَفْعَلُ وَهُمْ يُسْأَلُونَ that Allah is not questioned about what he does. No one can question Allah about what he does. If he decides to give life or cause death, then Allah is not questioned about what he does. وَهُمْ يُسْأَلُونَ But everyone else, all of them, everything in the creation besides them, is questioned about what they do. Every one of us will be questioned on Yawm Al-Qiyamah about what we have done. But as for Allah, the wisdom in Allah's actions may be known to us or not known, but Allah is not questioned about whatever He does. Sometimes death may come to us, to those who are near to us, close to us, our beloved, our wives, our spouse, our children, our husband, and we may feel why, and we may question, why is Allah taking the life of this one, or causing someone to be afflicted with some calamity, or disease, or sickness, or hardship, but it is not our right to question Allah and whatever He does. Because whatever Allah does, it is for wisdom, hikmah, and Allah is the all-wise, al-hakim. So Allah is not questioned about what He does. Then He says, Ba'ithun bila mashaqqa, He is the one who will resurrect everyone without any difficulty or without any effort. He is the one who will resurrect every dead person on the day of resurrection. And Allah says in the Quran, confirming this, in chapter 64, verse 7, that those who disbelieve claim, or they pretend, they are deceiving themselves. They claim that you will not be resurrected, that they will not be resurrected, that no one will be brought back to life. But Allah says, قُلْ بَلَى وَرَبِّي لَتُبْعَثَنَّ ثُمَّ لَتُنَبِّئُنَّ أَوْ لَتُنَبَّئُنَّ بِمَا عَمِلْتُمْ وَذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَصِيرٌ Say, nay, as they denied the resurrection, Allah says, قُلْ بَلَى No, on the contrary, definitely, you will be resurrected. وَرَبِّي I swear by my Lord, لَتُبْعَثَنَّ You will definitely Lam here is for definiteness. La. La tuba'athanna. And the noon with 
Mushadda, for those who are studying Arabic, Latuba this noon is also to confirm the definiteness and certainty of that verb that is used here. So there are two points here in this where Allah is saying without any doubt, Latuba He didn't just say Tuba'atu, but He said La Tuba'atanna, with Shadda on the noon to say for sure you would definitely be resurrected. Uh, and you would definitely again you would definitely be informed of what you have done in this world and not only you will be informed of what you have done but you will also uh, this the meaning here is not only you will be informed but you will be called to account for what you have done rewarded or punished according to your actions in this world وَذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ And that is easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also Allah says in Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 4, رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ جَامِعُ النَّاسِ لِيَوْمٍ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ That, uh, O oh our Lord, verily you are the one who will gather or collect all of the people on that day or on a day, about which there is no doubt. La rayba fihi. There is no doubt about that day. It will definitely come. Whoever doubts such, they will really uh, be awakened. A sad awakening. Because whoever doubts such, they will not prepare for it. But whoever believes in such, truly believing in it, not only they will confess it with their tongue, but they will act in this world as though they are certain that that day is really going to come when they will give account. The belief in Yawm Al-Qiyamah, Yawm Al-Hisab, the day of resurrection, the day of accounting, Yawm Al-Deen, it is a belief that requires of us not only speech on our tongue to say I believe in such, but it also requires to confirm that speech by our actions. The one who believes they are going to be called to account, they will act as though they really believe that they are going to be questioned. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise up the people on the day of resurrection after their death and this is not difficult for Allah for verily the one who gives life to the earth after its death by pouring water on the earth or sending down water on the earth and then causing the plants and growth to come up verily he is certainly able to give life to the dead human beings and this giving life to the earth is a sign of the resurrection that we are all looking forward to. And Allah said in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 57, كَذَلِكَ نُخْرِجُ الْمَوْتَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ That in the same way, we will bring forth the dead, perhaps you will be reminded. This quotation here, actually the beginning of the ayat, is it, it mentions that Allah sends the rain clouds, heavy rain clouds, and He waters the dead earth with those rain clouds. As He sends down, or sends down the water on the earth, and then He brings forth from the earth every kind of fruit. Then Allah says, in the same way, كَذَلِكَ نُخْرِجَ الْمَوْتَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ In the same way, we will bring forth the dead from the earth. Just as Allah brings forth life from the earth by sending down rain on that earth, and He brings it back to life. So also the dead 
who have been buried in the earth will also be resurrected and brought back to life. The one who created them the first time, he is able to return them again. And that is easy. That is easier for him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Up until this point, uh, the Shaykh Al-Khumayis, he uh, summarizes these points which we have covered up, covered up to here in the last few points by saying uh, from point number five that Allah is Qadimun Bila Ibtida. He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the first and the last. And these are the proper expressions to use to describe Allah. He is the living who does not die. He is the one who does whatever he wills. And this is the characteristic of Allah. Fa'al lima yurid. He is the one who does whatever he wills. And no one or no one has knowledge that can encompass Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is to have complete or perfect knowledge of him. Uh, and neither slumber nor sleep overtakes him. This is in reference to Allah's qayyumiyyah. That is that Allah is the qayyum, the one who is self-subsisting and upon whom all subsist. That part of that is that sleep does not uh, overcome him, nor slumber. And then he says that Allah is not asked about what he does, but others or everything in the creation is asked about uh, or will be asked about what they have done in this world. Alhamdulillah, we are moving along. Uh, point number 13, it now comes to discuss something related to the sifat of Allah, the characteristics of Allah. This is part of a tawheed al-asma wa sifat And here al-imam al-Tahawi, rahimahullah, says, ما زال بصفاته قديما قبل خلقه That Allah continues to be described by his sifat or his characteristics or qualities that he possessed from the beginning. He continues to be described by them those characteristics that he had qabla khalqihi before he created anything yani Allah had those characteristics that he continues to be described by now he had those characteristics qabla khalqihi before he created anything lam yazdad biqawnihim shay'an and he was not increased or he didn't get any new characteristics or descriptions as a result of the coming into existence of whatever he created he didn't now take on a new characteristic because of his creation or bringing into existence of anything in this creation. لم يكن قبلهم من صفاتي He didn't take on any new characteristic after bringing the creation into existence that he didn't have before, that he wasn't already described with before he brought about the creation. وَكَمَا كَانَ بِصِفَاتِهِ أَزَلِيًّا كَذَلِكَ لا يزال عليها أبديا. And just as Allah was from the beginning of time described by these sifat or characteristics, so also He will continue to be described by them abadiyan forever and ever and ever eternally. Azaliyan it means that thing that was from the beginning or that was from the earliest time and had no beginning, as Aliyan, that Allah was described 
from the earliest time without any beginning by his characteristics that he is described by now and abadiyan is that thing which remains and it never ends that means that Allah's characteristics will remain with him forever eternally without any end to those characteristics so here the shaykh or the imam at tahawi is giving us the idea that Allah's characteristics his sifat he doesn't take on any new sifat by creating or nourishing or giving life to something but he already had those characteristics before and even if he stops creating new things and he doesn't give life to anything again he will retain these characteristics forever and ever and ever eternally then he says لَيْسَ مُنْذُ خَلَقَ الْخَلْقِ اسْتَفَادَ اسْمَ الْخَالِقِ وَلَا بِإِحْدَاثِ الْبَرِّيَّةِ اسْتَفَادَ اسْمَ الْبَارِيَّةِ That Allah did not become entitled to the name Al-Khaliq Al-Khaliq is one of the names of Allah, one of the asma of Allah Al-Khaliq And in fact this name is one of the names that we do not apply to any human being We cannot say anyone about anyone that he is Al-Khaliq There is only one creator And we do not make a new creator Because we want to excuse Or say that Allah didn't create evil So therefore there is a creator for evil And a creator for good Two creators As the Majus or the Majin says But Allah is the only creator And he didn't become entitled to this name Al-Khaliq Only after he created the creation Nor did he become entitled to his name Al-Bari Al-Bari after he brought into existence the creatures or originated the creatures not only at that point did he become entitled to this name Al-Bari uh, here the Shaykh Al-Khumayis says that every sifah or characteristic of the characteristics of Allah are affirmed for him from the beginning ever, from, from eternally before he brought anything into existence and all of his characteristics are perfection or perfect all of his characteristics are characteristics of perfection Kamal and if he was without any one of those characteristics it would be a sign of imperfection any of the characteristics of Allah if anyone denied any one of them from him then that would be an indication of imperfection that would mean that Allah is not perfect because only when he took on this characteristic then he became perfect before he didn't have it so the absence of any of Allah's characteristics is an indication of imperfection and it is impossible that Allah be described with imperfection or that Allah be or that it be ascribed to Allah that he took on some characteristic of perfection after he didn't have it it is not possible or permissible to say that now Allah took on a new characteristic he created something therefore now he became the creator after he wasn't the creator before
But in fact we say that all of his characteristics are firm for him even before he engaged in that act of creation or otherwise. And then he says, and just as Allah contained or was described by these characteristics from the beginning of time or eternally without any beginning then also we say that he will be described by these characteristics forever and ever without any end that these characteristics that Allah is described by remain as long as he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remains and there is no end to Allah Then he says concerning the next point that Allah didn't, inter- uh, didn't earn or become entitled to the name Al-Bari just like he didn't earn or become entitled to the name Al-Khaliq only after he originated the things in the creation or molded or shaped them after they didn't exist. But he is Al-Bari just like he is Al-Khaliq before he originated anything or created anything or brought anything into existence. So the names of Allah and the characteristics of Allah are His and He is entitled to them from the beginning of time. Just as He existed from the beginning of time or without any beginning, so also His characteristics are likewise. The Prophet said in an authentic hadith informing us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah qaddara maqadir al-khalq qabla an yakhluqa al-samawati wal-ard bi khamsina alf sana that Allah decreed or measured the decrees of everything in the creation before he created the creation by 50,000 years yeah, and in 50,000 years before Allah created anything, He had already decreed and made the measurement for everything in the creation. And this hadith is reported on the authority of Abdullah ibn Amr, and it is, is, is narrated by Imam Muslim in his Sahih. So this shows that even before Allah had created anything, He had already decreed what would be for those things, even 50,000 years before He began the creation. Uh, here Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to further discuss this point in more detail he says لَهُ مَعْنَى الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ وَلَا مَرْبُوبَ that he was always having this characteristic of rububiyyah, lordship even when there wasn't anything for him to be the Lord over. He was already having the characteristic of Rububiyyah when there wasn't nothing for him to nourish or to provide for or to develop. And he also had this meaning or description of being the Khaliq even before there was anything in the creation, before there was anything created. وَكَمَا أَنَّهُ مُحْيِي الْمَوْتَ بَعْدَ مَا أَحْيَا In the same way that he is the one who 
gives life to the dead. Uh, after giving life to the dead, كما أنه محي الموت بعد ما أحيا, just like he is the محي الموت, محي الموت, the one who gives life, just as he is entitled to this name or description after he gave life, استحق هذا الاسم قبل إحيائهم. He is also even before that. He is entitled to this name before he gave life to anything. كذلك استحق اسم الخالق قبل إنشائهم. In the same way he is entitled to the name الخالق, the creator, before he brought anything into existence. ذلك بأنه على كل شيء قدير. That is because Allah is قدير or powerful or has the power over everything. وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ إِلَيْهِ فَقِيرٌ And everything is in need of him. وَكُلُّ أَمْرٍ عَلَيْهِ يَفِيرٌ And every matter is easy for him. لَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَى شَيْءٍ He is not in need of anything. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ There is nothing like unto him. And he is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. Surah Shura, uh, verse 11. This last point, that Allah has power over everything, everything is dependent on Him or in need of Him, and everything is easy for Him, and He has no need of anything, and there is nothing like Him, He is the hearer and the seer. This point, uh, concerning it, one of the scholars who lived here in Qatar, though he was originally from Najd, but he stayed a long time here. Uh, a Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Aziz ibn Muhammad ibn Mani al-Tamimi. He was uh, a great scholar from the Arabian Peninsula and he came here and spent many years here teaching the people and establishing many social institutions uh, and his family still remains here now, today. His uh, children and children's children. Uh, and he also did a commentary on Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah concerning this point. Uh, he says, and this is about Qadr, he says, Some of the people say, وَهُوَ عَلَى مَا يَشَاءَ قَدِيرٌ وَهُوَ That is Allah. وَهُوَ عَلَى مَا يَشَاءَ قَدِيرٌ That he has power over whatever he wills. That Allah has power over whatever he wills. But the correct thing to say is as Allah said in his book, the Qur'an, and as came in the authentic sunnah, وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ That Allah has power over everything. Not only over what he will, but Allah has power over everything. And this is due to the fact that Allah's will and Allah's power is generally encompassing everything. Contrary to what the Mu'tazila or the people of I'tizal say. They said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not will and does not will that his servant or his creatures fall into sin. Allah does not will such. They said this. 
the Mu'tazila. But that the sin only happened as a result of the will of the person, not the will of Allah. That Allah's will is not superseding the human's will, but the human being, when they commit a sin, they say that this is only by the human being's will and not by Allah's will. But Allah, but Allah made us to know in so many places that nothing happens except what Allah wills. And this is why it is important to distinguish between the two types of will. Al-irada, al-qawniya, or qadariya, that whatever happens, it cannot happen except Allah willed it, even if Allah is not pleased with that thing or doesn't love it. And the irada shara'iya, which is only in reference to those things that Allah legislates and asks the people to do and loves for the people to do and is pleased with, even though we may not do it. Even though we may disobey Allah, He wants us to pray but people do not pray. Or He wants us to tell the truth but people lie. So here, this is a very important point to be careful, not to fall into this idea which is very tricky. Allah is, He has power over whatever He wills. No, Allah has power over everything. And they said this because they want to say that Allah doesn't will the human being to sin. But that is Allah's will also. His irada qawniya. And Allah wills for this to happen for some wisdom. For some wisdom. Allah wills that some things will That's the point that I wanted to make here. But uh, also, uh, here in the brief commentary of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah, the Shaykh says that very Allah, He is the Rabb. And that Rububiyah encompasses every meaning of Rububiyah. That means Khalq, creation, Mulk, Sovereignty or ownership of everything that he creates. Rizq that he provides for everything in the creation. Al-Ihya wal-Imata that he gives life and causes death and so on. All of this uh, also Al-Amr, the command or Tasarruf that Allah does. He acts in his creation as he wills. والتدبير, that Allah is the only planner or organized who plan everything in the creation. All of this is part of Rububiyyah. That Allah created this creation. He owns it. He provides for everything in it. He controls it. He runs it. He plans it. All of this is Rububiyyah. And this, all of this is part of the meaning when we say that Allah is the Rabb. All of this is included. And He is the Rabb even before he had created anything in this creation. All of those meanings are applicable and were applicable to Allah from the very beginning. And so also we say about Al-Khaliq, that Allah is the creator before He created anything, and that these names and all that they indicate, these names and everything that they may point to or indicate that's containing these names, that these things are affirmed for Allah from before and after. 
without any beginning or, out, or without any ending. That Allah is the one who gives life. Uh, that this is applicable to him when he gives life, as well it is applicable to him before he gives life. And the same thing with creation. That he, be, he is the creator when he created something, and he is also the creator before he created anything. Then he says, this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has power over everything. <clears throat> if he wants anything, he does it. If he wills anything, he brings it into existence. <clears throat> and if he doesn't want anything, or he doesn't want something, that thing will not be. It will not happen. It will not come into existence. This will that we are talking about here, as I already mentioned, that whatever Allah wills comes into being or whatever he does not will will not be this is al-irada al-qawniya al-qadariya because Allah doesn't want people to sin in his irada shar'iya the things that Allah legislated he didn't legislate for us to sin and he doesn't love for people to commit fornication or to lie or to steal Allah doesn't love this and he has not willed this in his legislative will in the law that he revealed in the Quran and in the revelation of the prophets Allah did not order the people to sin and to do wrong and he doesn't love that they sin and he is not pleased when they sin so when we say Allah doesn't will these things we mean al-irada al-shari'ah in his legislated will but when the people do those things then how can you say then that Allah wills this we mean Allah wills it in his universal will his irada qawniya, that Allah, He is the one who made this thing to happen and allowed it to happen. And it cannot happen, even sin cannot happen, except that Allah allows it, because Allah has power over everything. If He has power over everything, no one can do anything, except He allows them to do it. Even though He may be displeased with it. Even though He may not love it. So here, I know this idea of al-irada qawniya, universal will and irada shari'a legislated will it may be in the beginning not completely clear but it is important for us to understand this so we will not be confused when we see things happening around us we will understand what Allah wills universally that must happen even if he doesn't love it and what Allah wills in his legislation in his revelation that he is pleased with even though people may not do it. The believers, they will do what Allah wills in His legislative will. But the disbelievers, they will not conform. So it is important to make a distinction here. <clears throat> uh, and then he mentions the ayah in Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 284. Wallahu ala kulli shayin qadiyya. That Allah is the power or has the power over everything. Then the Shaykh says that the Iman or belief in this issue that we are discussing now, to believe in this is one of the most important aspects of Al-Iman and Ar-Rububiyya. To believe in this is one of the most important characteristics or aspects of al-iman or faith in ar-rububiyyah, the Lordship of Allah. 
everything in this creation is in need of Allah and Allah is not in need of anything that He has brought into existence Allah continues to exist and will continue to exist without any need of anything in His creation and everything that Allah commands it is easy for Him as Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Hadid chapter 57 verse 22 that verily whatever Allah wills it is easy for Allah yaseer there is nothing difficult for Allah whatever He wills it is easy for Him He is not in need of everything everything is in need of Him And there's nothing that changes. Except by Allah's will. And nothing will be in any time. Or in any place except by Allah's will. Yeah, I mean this is something ongoing. Eternally. That Allah's will is in effect. In every place. And in every time. And then he closes here this point. And this is the last point of today. ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير from Surah Al-Shura chapter 42 verse 11 that nothing is like Allah and He is the hearing and the seeing there are two questions here that we should focus on the first of them is concerning the meaning of Rububiyah as it is attributed to Allah can we say that in order for rububiyah or lordship to be attributed to Allah as a characteristic that there has to be something for him to rule over for something for him to nourish or to provide for or to develop or to oversee or to manage can we say that something has to exist in order for Allah to be the Rabb or for this characteristic of Rububiyyah to be attributed to Him? This is very important that we understand this. The second issue is that the power of Allah. Can we say that it is in effect in everything that happens, good or evil, beneficial or harmful? Do we say that Allah's power is in effect over everything or some things happen outside of Allah's power? This is also a very important issue. Because it is يعني, uh, the deviation of the Mu'tazila, those people who in their attempt to push away or to refute something being attributed to Allah that they thought shouldn't be attributed to Him they deviated from the text of the Qur'an and from the clear authentic Sunnah and the understanding of Sahaba and they began to intellectualize and rationalize and to negate from Allah that which He affirmed for Himself nothing happens except by the will of Allah but they said except 
when human beings commit sin or do evil, that's not by the will of Allah. But nothing happens except by the will of Allah, except they couldn't understand that there is Allah's universal will and there is His legislative will. And they didn't make a distinction between the two and therefore they fell into this error. Okay, that's what we wanted to say for today. Inshallah, if there are any questions, there's, I think, maybe about 10 minutes remaining. Uh, Alhamdulillah, today we have finished early. If there are any questions or any comments about what we discussed today or in the last uh, lecture, you may uh, make any comments or corrections or questions. Now, first with the brothers, since the sisters, they haven't sent any questions or they have? This, oh, where did this come from? Oh, okay, Fadl ya akhi. Okay, this is not related to our topic, I think. <laughs> After, anyway, the question in brief. In the Quran in Surah Al-Fatiha, Ihdina Surat Al-Mustaqeem, Surat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim. Guide us on the Surat Al-Mustaqeem, the straight path. Then your question is, who are those people? Surat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim. The path of those who Allah has given His bounty, His favor and His grace. Who are those people? Uh, those people are النبيون والصديقون والشهداء والصالحون The prophets, uh, the martyrs, the righteous and the truthful. The prophets, the martyrs, the righteous and the truthful. This is what is actually mentioned in the Quran itself and also in the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. And this ayah, if we discussed it at another time, will also make us to know that Allah didn't leave us to guess at which path we should ask to follow, but He made us to ask to follow the path of the best of creation. And if we look at the Prophets and the righteous and the martyrs and the truthful, and at the head of the Siddiqun is Abu Bakr Siddiq. We can look, radiallahu anhu, at his example and see what is the example that we are asking to follow. And the example of the Prophet and the martyrs who gave their life, fi and those people whose life is a sign of yani, righteousness. Any other question? Naam,
نعم اوكي ذس از ايشو ذات وي ويل ديسكاس ان ذا فول ديسكشن اوف القدر ذات الله هي نوز ايفريثينج بيفور ات كيم انتو اكزيستنس بيفور هي بروت انيثينج انتو اكزيستنس اند ذيرفور ان ذا نوليدج اوف الله ايفريثينج اولريدي اكزيست ان هيز نوليدج وي ويل ديسكاس ان مور ديتيل ذس ايشو اند ذا كويستشنز ريليتد تو ات وين وي جو فيرذر اون ان ذا نيكست سيكشن الامام الطحاوي ديسكاسز سم بوينتس ريليتد تو القدر والقضاء At that point we will discuss in more detail the issues concerning the divine decree or as some people say pre-measurement or predestination or other such names we will discuss in Islam what is the meaning of this and we will say just here briefly that uh, in response to your statement that uh, al-qadr wal-qada in the Islamic aqidah it includes four main points the first of them is al-ilm that Allah has perfect knowledge of everything in general and in detail in general and in detail not only has the general knowledge that things that he will create some things and nations will come at certain times but even his knowledge includes every detail of everything in the creation of everything that it will do or will happen to it every detail of it the second is al-kitabah the writing that Allah has had everything to be written before he created the creation he had everything written in al-lawh al-mahfud that will happen in this creation until yawm al-qiyamah the third thing is al-mashia that Allah's will is all encompassing everything in the universe everything in the creation nothing happens except by the will of Allah whatever he wills will be and whatever he does not will will not be and even though the human being has limited free will Allah has given the human being some sense of will to choose. He has also given him the knowledge so that he may choose properly between right and wrong and that which Allah is pleased with or displeased with. But still even the will of the human being is subject to Allah's will in that it is Allah who gave him the will and Allah who gave him the ability to execute his will and the knowledge to choose what he wills. So even the will of the human being is not absolute that he can do whatever he wills even against Allah's will. But he does have knowledge, ability and choice and therefore he is responsible. He has the knowledge to choose between right and wrong. He has the will to choose what he wants to do and ability from Allah to execute his will and therefore he becomes responsible. And the last of them is khalq, creation that nothing exists in this universe. of the things the creatures or the actions of the creatures except it is created by Allah our beings as well as our actions are created by Allah there is only one creator everything that exists is by Allah's creation these are the four points that are part of al-qadr al-qada which we will discuss in detail the knowledge al-ilm the writing al-kitabah al-mashiyah the will and al-khalq the creation when we discuss these things insha'Allah then it will bring some clarity to any those issues related to al-qada wal qada but here let me just quickly there was a question last week in our class one of the sisters asked and i didn't see the question until we were gone uh please explain the difference between after assalamu alaykum please explain the difference between calling someone by adjectives such as anta halim anta latif anta karim 
uh, is it that they are not exclusive attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani halim wa latif and kareem are these exclusively for Allah or not we may call the human being halim that he is forbearing or latif he is kind or kareem generous or noble or whatever these names mean they are difficult to describe but we might call someone if they have that characteristic we may describe them by it that you are kareem noble generous we might say such this characteristic is not exclusive to allah that he is the only one who is who has the characteristic of kareem of of uh, karm generosity no other such characteristics rahma mercy ilm knowledge hikmah wisdom no also there are creatures that have such characteristics but it is exclusive for Allah when we say that the characteristic in its most perfect form of all knowledge, perfect knowledge, perfect wisdom, perfect justice, perfect uh, rahma, mercy, this is exclusive for Allah. But the human being might be merciful to some extent. The human being has knowledge to some extent, but only Allah has perfect knowledge. Someone may be just in their dealings with other people, but perfect justice belongs to Allah alone. So these characteristics, they are not exclusive to Allah in their general sense. But when we speak about these things in their perfect form, they belong to Allah alone. Any other question? Fadoya. Naam. He is not subjected to it. No. No. There is certainly some difficulty for the human being uh, to encompass these concepts such that Allah, He is the first and there is nothing before Him. Because as you said, time, the concept of time, the human being views it from his human limited imperfect perspective and knowledge and understanding. Allah who created time is not subject to time. Allah who created the universe is not subject to the universe. The universe doesn't encompass Allah. Allah is outside of his universe, greater than it. And so also time. Allah created it. He is not subject to time. And also we should be careful. We should remember as Imam Tahawi says here that Al-Awham and Al-Afham conjecture and guess and intellect and rationale La tublughu It does not reach Allah. We cannot comprehend Allah completely by our intellect and by our mind and imagination trying to imagine how can it be that Allah was first and there was nothing before him how is it what does that mean he has no beginning because everything in the creation has, has a beginning but that's for creation but as for Allah he is the creator of creation so these ideas and these concepts they are not to be applied to Allah Allah is not subject to them and also let us be warned 
not to go beyond what Allah has informed us about Himself in the Quran and what the Prophet ﷺ has informed us and say what Allah said. Whenever we came to an issue that is difficult for us to understand, affirm what Allah has affirmed for Himself. And affirm what the Prophet ﷺ has affirmed for Allah. And negate that which Allah has negated from Himself and negate that which the Prophet ﷺ has negated for Him. And those things that we have no confirmation or affirmation from Allah and the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, leave them. We don't know about such things. Leave them. Qadr, naam. If someone was assassinated or murdered, is it qadr that that person was murdered? And is it qadr that the murderer murdered him? Yes. Okay, as we said, we will discuss al-qadr in more detail. But we said that qadr includes four main aspects. It includes knowledge, writing, will, and creation. It is qadr that that person was murdered, and it is qadr that the murderer murdered him. In what sense? That Allah had knowledge that he would be murdered and that he would murder him. And that it was written. It is qadr. Was it written that he would be murdered? Yes, it was written. As Allah had everything written. And it was written that he would be the murderer. And it is qadr that Allah willed it. In his universal will, for some wisdom, Allah willed in his universal will that this person would be murdered and that one would murder him. And it is also qadr that the creation of that person who was murdered and the one who murdered him and the action of murdering him, it is from Allah's creation. Because Allah created the murdered and the murderer and the ability of the murderer to murder. And the will that he willed to murder and the ability to do it. Allah created all of that. Though Allah is not the murderer, but Allah created everything. The means for that to happen. Though He gave that murderer will to choose right or wrong, and knowledge to know that that was wrong. And therefore the one who did the murder, he is responsible for what he did. So do we say it is qadr? Yes. Even something that we consider to be good or bad, it is qadr. But understand how it is qadr. It's not qadr in that Allah willed it to happen and you had no choice in the matter. In that case, how are you responsible then? It is qadr in that Allah knew about it and He wrote it and He allowed it. And He allowed it. But He also gave the human being the knowledge of right and wrong and the choice to choose to do it or not to do it and therefore He becomes responsible for it. This is all under the meaning of qadr that we will discuss inshallah next week in more detail some of these issues inshallah. Naam, yeah. Three more questions? I think there's no time. Go ahead, quickly. Hmm. If Allah is the provider, and there is a food shortage, how can we say that Allah is the provider? Is it Allah's will that there is a food shortage? Okay, it's the same. The answer is the same. That nothing happens except by the will of Allah. Allah willed this to happen. It doesn't mean that Allah loves that people should be starving. No. 
Allah is not pleased that people should be starving. But this is under Allah's universal will. That will, when He decreed something to happen, it must happen. But it happens for wisdom. It happens for some wisdom. You see, we can understand this in a way. That the thing which is evil, the thing which is evil or bad from our view, it is evil in what we see happening. But the end result of it in the next life, or why Allah allowed that to happen, we cannot understand so easily. Sometimes, for example, there's uh, drought, or there's uh, floods. And as a result of that drought, for example, the people don't have enough food to eat. Perhaps it is by Allah's wisdom. Because those people were not turning to Allah and obeying Allah. So He took away their sustenance, so they will see that they are totally in need of Him. And perhaps by this calamity which befell them, Allah wills and wants that they will turn back to Him. So what appears to us as being bad, in fact it is really something good in Allah's wisdom. But sometimes we don't know Allah's wisdom. You see, Allah allowed that to happen to them for good for them. The drought was good for them. Starvation was good for them. In that perhaps it will give them a chance to turn back to Allah. And then yani they will worship Allah and they will earn Allah's reward. Had they not had this calamity before them, they would be living happy as many of the people around us are living. Ignoring Allah, not worshipping Allah, thinking they have no need of Allah. So that drought, you will look at these people who are living good and say they are really blessed. Allah is pleased with them. And those people who are starving, they are cursed. Allah is displeased with them. But perhaps Allah is more pleased with them. And He allowed this calamity to befall them, so that they would turn back to Him and earn His reward. Whereas these people, He left them in their joy and happiness to die on kufr and end up in the hellfire. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.